0: Does a Christian have a responsibility to know what's going on in the news? How do we know who to trust with the news that we listen to? And how can we honor the Lord with our entertainment choices? The answers, when we understand the text.
1: This is When We Understand the Text, a daily Bible study in the Word of God. Because of Him... You are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God. Tell your friends about our ministry at www.utt.com. Here once again is Pastor Gabe.
0: Thank you, Becky. You're welcome. On the Friday edition of the broadcast, we take questions from the listeners, mm-hmm. and you can send those questions to When We Understand the Text at gmail.com. Yes. We really only have time for one question today. Only one. So this question comes from Susanna in New York. She says, Dear Gabe and Becky, I used to be very up on the news. I would read it every morning or listen to it on TV while I was working. But over the last couple of years, everything got so depressing and things got so crazy. I didn't know what to believe anymore. And I just quit listening as a Christian. Am I responsible to know what's happening in current events? And when it comes to listening to the news, how do I know whom to trust? And we've talked about some of these things on the program before and even mm-hmm. uh, given some recommendations on different news sources that you can check out and you can trust these sources. Yes. But we have somebody that's going to help us answer this question and think about these things a little more deeply today. Two people. Two people. That's right. We have Brian and Megan Basham. Yes. How are you guys?
2: We're good. Excellent. Yeah. How are you?
0: We're doing good. We're cold in Texas, we which is kind of weird. <laughs> <It's> weird, right? <laughs> And where are you oh, guys out of? Have
3: five kids and a new baby.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yep. And where are you out of?
3: Charlotte. Well, you know, excerpts of Charlotte. So we're kind of we're out in the country a little bit now, but in the Charlotte Metro, you'd say.
0: Okay, excerpts of Charlotte. Is that how you said that?
3: Excerbs. Oh,
2: excerpts. Okay.
3: Suburbs. It's excerpts.
4: <laughs> I
2: yeah. like got it. it. Got it's it. Got it. It's a
3: little further than the
1: suburbs. <laughs> nice. That's right.
2: <laughs> Just so you know, I keep a dictionary around when Megan talks. I always have to refer to it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. Now, these are names that you may be familiar with and maybe not. Uh, we have mentioned Brian before, as he hosts World Watch News, which is part of World Magazine. How's that connected with World Magazine?
2: Yeah, so World, World—you probably heard of for a long time. That's magazine, uh, magazine rather started back in the '80s. But we just launched this um, in 2020. Everybody was shut down, and they decided to to launch this for. Um, for kids. So it's basically a news show for, uh, it's designed for high schoolers, but in all honesty, we got kids. We just got a picture today of a one year old sitting with older brother and <laughs> nice. sister uh, watching the show. That's cute. So it, yeah, and it's for everybody. We get 90 year olds uh, giving us a uh, in as well, telling us they watch. So it's nice. It's it's like a nice balance of uh, of world news, it's politics, It's it's what's happening in the rest of the world. We talk about wars, we talk about all these different topics, but but we also talk about um, salad eating contest between man and rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> that,
3: that was a big story this week, the salad eating contest with the rabbits.
2: <laughs> so who won? The, the person. The rabbit wasn't really that interested.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> I think of rabbits, you know, eating all the time and. They eat a lot yeah, of lettuce. It, probably,
2: it seemed like a good idea. I think when they thought up the contest, it would, and the execution was not as was not as strong. It happens. <laughs>
0: now our kids in the morning, so we homeschool our children, and they would uh, wake up and watch a devotional with Paul Washer as uh-huh. he was going through his Proverb series. And then they would watch Brian Basham with World Watch News. So you've been in our home pretty regularly.
2: Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. I love hearing that. So it's fun. We, get, we get a lot of pictures in. I love seeing the kids lined up um, all along the way. It's so cute.
0: <laughs> Megan, you used to have an entertainment beat. With um, the the, uh, it's world's um, audio program. The name slips my (laughs) podcast. So it's
4: the
3: world and everything in it podcast. That's right. Yeah. I mean, really now that company is world news group. So it has a lot of digital prints, world watch podcast. So they've got a lot of products
0: now. Yeah. So I started following you online and then you recommended Brian's show. And then we were like, oh, this is great. (laughs) Having a new show that our kids can watch. Because we were even wondering, you know, how do we how do we take the things that are happening in the news and kind of bring it down to our kids level that they understand and even weed out some of the bad stuff. Yeah. Mm. So that became a favorite for us in the home. And then, I mean, we just discovered this journalism power couple, Brian and Megan Basham. So, yes. <laughs> but since then, Megan, you've gone from world now to working at the daily wire.
3: Yes. So I've been there. Uh, I started at the very beginning of May in 2021. So, you know, not quite at a year yet coming up on that. And, um, it's been really a different transition. You know, there's a lot of Christians who work there, but it's not a Christian news organization like world was, you would say, I mean, it's obviously politically conservative, but, um, we have Catholic hosts on our podcast who are well known. Ben Shapiro is kind of our flagship podcast celebrity and he's Jewish. You know, it's a very ecumenical secular you would say media outlet even though um obviously they're well aware of my church lady tendencies and indulge them. <laughs> and uh but and it's been different though coming from world where i mean it was just a purely christian environment um so it's just a different kind of reporting but still getting to really you know follow those obsessions and indulge those interests
0: <laughs> now is this how the two of you all met because you had a shared interest in journalism
3: Nope, nothing to do with that.
0: <laughs> we were in a
2: skit, a Christmas skit at our church, and we were cast together. Oh. Uh, and the potion, uh, the, who, who was it? The and princess the and the potion. Seller. Seller. <laughs> so it, it,
3: at Christmas, this year, you know, it was a church in Phoenix. We were living in Phoenix at the time. And I, I was a fairly new Christian and had just been going back to church and um, just looking to get involved. And they, they would at Christmas do, you'd almost call it like a Renaissance fair type thing. They would open up the campus, it was a big church at Christmas and have booths and skits. And so they needed a lot of volunteers and participants. So yeah, we were put in a skit together. Yeah, he didn't learn his lines. He was really tough to work (laughs)
2: with. And Megan is a perfectionist and did not like my inability to remember. He was always
1: ad-libbing. I'm like, learn your lines. (laughs) He got your attention.
3: (laughs) Yes, and that kind of defines our marriage. I am a very learn your lines person and he is an ad-libber.
0: Wow. <laughs> i think that's that's about like us yeah, pretty, pretty yeah.
1: much. Yep.
0: Uh, i ad lib myself through everything it so it has yeah. to
1: be by the book yeah. <laughs> the recipe cannot say a dab or yeah. a dash i'm like how much is a dash i need to measure yeah. this like it's either too much or too little. <laughs> I am a hundred percent
3: there. I mean, you know, one of the biggest fights we ever gotten is he tried to make me go through the exit door of the Costco into Costco. I says, exit. You're not supposed to go in that way.
0: Yep. Yeah, she'll ask me for my recipes, stuff that I'll yes. make, and she'll go, Now, and how did I'm you like, make Never this?" Never mind. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's Never like, mind. I don't know. I threw a bunch of stuff in a pot, and this is <laughs> yep. what came out. So,
1: that. And I think I added this and maybe uh. a little bit of this. But then this time I was out of this, so I substituted. I'm like, No, 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 no.
0: Just, just put <laughs> cheese it in it. Put cheese in it. It'll be fine. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's right. <laughs> So then, the the two of you being in journalism together, like, how did all of that? How did all that come about? Was that both your shared desire? It just kind of happened that you both had a love for journalism.
2: Well, I actually, had, I I had got my degree in it, but I didn't go into it until uh, I was in my thirties. I was thirty three, and I and I was doing some jobs at, um he was a stockbroker. I, yeah, <laughs> and I was you know, uh, and I hated it. And I was on the phone all day long, and I just despised it. And I just and I always regretted not going into it and went back to it so i was i was so
3: right after 30 we, I yeah know we that. were
2: right about the same time we both started to get in but she was she was started writing these movie reviews and world just reached out to her so it was completely coincidental
4: hmm. um, that we're yeah.
2: yeah yeah that 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 we that we ended up there now you used to work for wasn't it a
0: local television station before you got picked up at world
2: yeah, yeah. I've been. I, I, so we've moved all around the country with it. And now you kind of do that. You keep moving until you get to the city that you want to get keep moving up, moving up. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. You so, yeah. <laughs> so I was a chief, I was a meteorologist for several years. And then I switched to news in the last several years before I made the move over to world. Now, I understand you were
0: a boat captain
2: at one point, too. Isn't
0: that right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was a jungle cruise skipper, and yeah, that I was one summer. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, yeah, you tell the same bad jokes over and over and over again all day long every day.
0: Yeah. So I hear this about the the jungle cruise skippers at Disney World. You're supposed to have these bad puns, and that's like part that's of it? part of the attraction. So can you give us yes. a sample of these uh, of these bad puns?
2: <laughs> I, I, we used to uh, uh, man I'm trying to. We used to have stuff like when people are waiting in line and they make announcements and like. Ah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have an announcement. Uh, the person who lost the stack of hundred-dollar bills with a red rubber band—good news, we found your rubber band. You know, just stuff <laughs> like that. There's, I don't really remember a whole lot of the jokes, but they used to hide. Our managers would hide in the in the brush all along the ride, and you had to stick to the script. And if you didn't, you would get in trouble. So
0: somebody huh. gets somebody gets hired to hide in the weeds and make sure you're doing your job. <laughs>
2: They were hired to do it, or if they just took it upon themselves. But uh, they, they definitely made sure that we did not stray from the script. That's the best thing that I've ever done. <laughs> it's, it's all been downhill since then. Yeah. In the nineties, I understand.
1: Right. I understand. I worked at a mine, so you know, what? driving a yeah, driving a sixty ten haul truck. That was my oh, wow. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah, it was a Tonka toy. It was awesome.
2: Yeah. So when <laughs>
0: when I talk about my wife having a strong will, I say, hey, this this woman used to drive a dump truck. Yeah. So you
2: know,
0: <laughs> right? you know what kind of woman well, you're I'm good married
2: at backing to. Backing up. That's a skill. Yes. Yeah. Like, she's a good. Skill. Not with only the backing
0: up. She can't go forward, but she's really oh, good at. St- <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I can't do trailers still. That was it. Was a all connected uh, Euclid. So. It was uh, it was not separate like trailer. I'm not gifted with trailers.
2: <laughs> I, understand. I understand. I felt bad. I, so I I was embarrassed as a man too. I I uh, I was trying to back a trailer up in our old house, and and my next door neighbor was just watching, watching, watching. And then he's like, "Hey, uh, would you like some help with that?" <laughs> and I did. I did want some help with that. <laughs> So I needed it the first time, and then yep. I did it the second time. I learned from it, but I was, uh, I was embarrassed, and he you, was just watching it go you down. You have to
1: turn it backwards, and I just don't know how much, you know. Like it's it's I a it. it's a skill. It's definitely a yeah. skill.
0: <laughs> and now you guys are parents, of course. You have children. Talk about your family a little bit.
3: Two girls, um, and it took us a while. We had some trouble having kids, so it took us a while to get them. So we're kind. It's funny. My parents were much were on the very young side we're kind of on the other side so we are really grateful for our seven-year-old and our 12-year-old two daughters so
2: those are good i'm gonna be well she doesn't we don't say that about megan but i'm grandpa dad that feels like sometimes (laughs) 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 it took so long before they came around
0: (laughs) now you talked about meeting each other in church so you knew the lord before you met one another uh how did you come to faith
2: well, I, I did. I, I I did as a youngster. So I was I was uh, probably in fifth grade when I made that decision, uh, and then I got baptized when I was in high school. And so I was at a camp when I when I when I made the official decision to do that. So um, Megan Megan came by it much much later. It's it's funny because I always, you know, sometimes you feel like if if you if you come to the Lord that that young, you don't. Truly understand right what it is you're being saved from, Mm. and being married to Megan, it it's it's it's. it's,
0: it's, No,
2: I'm
3: I'm glad I could do that for you. No,
0: because (laughs) you give me me an. (laughs) I didn't mean to get you in trouble with that question.
2: Uh, No, I'm just praying for the end of time. Yeah, no.
3: (laughs) <laughs> no, I, it's funny because, yeah, so I, um, you know, I, I mean, I grew up in a Christian home, but I was, you know, very much not a believer myself, um, and uh, I, I mean, I, if you follow me on social media, I've talked about this, I'm not exactly secretive, but, you know, had some really tough years. Um, I went to college in Arizona, first University of Arizona, and because of my not being a Christian and having some tough years, they asked me to leave the University of Arizona, <laughs> And uh, <laughs> wow. I ended up taking a couple years off and then I went to Arizona State and, um, you know, I mean, without getting into a lot of nitty gritty details, I mean, I my life was really a mess. Um, partied a lot um, and just really lost. And so um, I, I've written about this and you can probably still find a copy somewhere out there. Uh, it, it was at the now defunct Weekly Standard. I wrote about it and I think the Washington Examiner ended up republishing it, but so when I was about 24, I just, um, you know, you look around at your life and you just made a wreck of it. And, um, I was reading, I, went, I was back in school and I was doing a English lit class where we were going through the original Vulgate cycle of Lancelot. And I was reading Lancelot's story. And there were these moments where he is this sort of golden child. He he's born, you know, physically healthy. He, he, has outward attractiveness. He is a knight. He has all of these things, and he's squandering it on just loose living, you might say, and you know, messing around with Guinevere, doing things he shouldn't be doing. And and this, you know, we're talking about an ancient text here, and these monks keep coming out, these hermits and are confronting him about it. And it sounds weird, but I was reading it and it like got to me. I'm like, I I feel myself so much (laughs) as the story is weird. But in the story of Lancelot, and I think I was in a place where I was just recognizing too that I'm like,
4: Hmm.
3: you know, the the, the knowledge that I had in my youth was still there. And that I always Hmm. wanna tell parents who are maybe going through a a season like that, that look, it says when they're old, they won't depart from, from it. But you know, at least for me that thank God Truly that the knowledge was there because when I was really lost and broken, I remembered it Hmm. and I just cried out. I'm like, Lord help. You know, I, I, I kind of distinctly remember getting down. I think, I mean, I think it was dramatic enough that I got down on my knees and I was like, Lord, I please help me. Right. Um, and shortly after that, um, I started going back to church and I came in contact with, I don't even remember how I picked it up, but just continuing to sort of search. John MacArthur's The Vanishing Conscience and um mm. and this will get pretty deep in the weeds but you know there's a very um therapeutic culture in the church about addressing sin and there can be so much of you need to address it and you know you're in a lot of therapeutic psychological ways and I came across John MacArthur's book, The Vanishing Conscience, and it just didn't do that at all. Right. I was like this is sin. <laughs> Stop
4: sinning. You I'm don't
0: know really why go. That
3: was such a revelation to me. Yeah.
0: You don't really <laughs> go to John MacArthur sin, to, to get therapy. <laughs> to
3: help you not sin. And yeah. it was like, that yeah. just clicked. And it was like a turning point from then on. And yeah, that was I was probably about 24 at that point. And then so went back to church and this will be my last, you know, mouth running on story, but I I kind of went, okay, I got to go back to church, Lord. I, I got to get involved. I need, you know, a new group of community, new friends. And I remember sitting in my truck out in front of the church, corner, I'm going to go to this like college career group, but God, if they're not nice to me, I'm not going back. So know that. And I went in and um, yeah, you know, within like four or five months we had met and a couple months later we were engaged. So they were pretty nice there. <laughs>
0: That's not too far from our story, mm-hmm. uh, no. but there, oh, yeah. there are, uh, yeah, we, um, uh, Becky had gone through her rebellious phase, and it oh, was yeah. right after coming out of that, we met one another shortly after you were baptized.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. And... Are you the bad girl, too? You... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Back to the strong-willed that we were talking about before the, yeah. <laughs> we started recording. <laughs> yeah, that was me.
0: <laughs> she was the strong-willed child. Uh, that, <laughs> I made a joke.
3: a husband
1: who's never been through any of that. I know, right?
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I had my own sort of rebellious streak, but it was uh, similar to something that you said, Megan. Uh, so in Psalm 119, it says, though I take my life into my own hands, I will not forget your law. Mm-hmm. So like, even though I was I was going about my own rebellious streak, some of those principles that my parents had instilled in me would still come back and keep me from going way worse than I could have gone. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, I mean, when anybody looked at me, I was the straight lace guy yeah. and Gabe's always the good guy. So well,
1: I knew whenever I started getting to know you that I didn't think that I was good enough for you. So I prayed for someone like you
2: <laughs> because I wasn't good enough. It doesn't take enough. long to realize you're better than him though, does it? <laughs> touché,
1: touché. Only because of Jesus. <laughs>
4: Do you
3: you help him with the, um, when we understand the text, do you guys sift through that together?
0: Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, I'll throw throw scripts at her, uh, because sometimes it'll be that she has a thought that really summarizes the point a lot better than I do.
1: I land the plane.
0: Mm. Yeah, she knows how to land the (laughs) plane. Right. So, between the two of us, you probably can't tell, but I do most of the talking. So...
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's not obvious at all so the
0: uh so she'll help me just you know as i'm trying to keep those videos even at either two minutes or a minute and a half she knows how to summarize that a little bit better and i think even making the point more relatable than i was making it i might have been too heady in my theology or something and she knows how to how to bring it down
1: i'm i'm definitely more on a kid level i'm like okay this is this is too big (laughs) you know like you need to summarize that word. <laughs> As you heard, I get that. So yeah, I, I, mean,
2: I do sometimes. She'll, I'll, I'll, read. She's like, "Well, can you read this?" I'm like, "Okay, well, uh, so I don't know what this word is. What? How could you see?" She's, like, "Well, that, but that's the right word." I'm like, "That's fine, except for that. My vocabulary is okay, and I don't know what it is." Um, <laughs> um, but it's, but it's, but it's fun. But I always ask her. You know, for years she wrote like she would write all my resume letters and like. Nice. Like She essentially worked as my agent for like a good chunk of the time. Uh, she even negotiated a contract one time. And, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> it is awesome. It is awesome. So she's better at that type of stuff, but it's it's uh, it's it's just funny kind of the different things that the couple, you guys do for each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. With the kind of church that you attend, then, you have a, a pretty, well, I'll just use the word expository. So a, a church that's very devoted to the scriptures. Uh, you guys remain committed to that. In the meantime, you're you're having to cover the all the wickedness that's going on in the world with mm. the <laughs> with the jobs that you do, sharing the news with somebody else.
2: Yeah, and uh, not, it's, not so much now,
4: but before. Yeah,
2: it's funny. It's funny for all those years, when I was in the in the secular news, it was. What's interesting is, is the is the way you can attack it. You know, kind of getting the freedom, like being in a place that gives you the freedom to treat it. Like for us, we, we always have the Bible as, as the biblical backstop to everything that we that we produce at, at World Watch. And that you know it, nothing we can say can violate what the bible says and so when we tell a story about something um you know when i was in a when i was in a secular world they they very much had you know they were they were for instance very pro-abortion and and some other things you know what i mean and and it's nice to be at a place where you're like okay when you do a story about abortion it's very clear what what's the right
0: where we stand right
2: yeah on abortion yeah and so, and so there's a freedom to that, but it, but for me, it's it, you know there's also delicacy to it in the terms of, of the age group that we're dealing with. So yeah, um, it's kind of a new challenge, but um, but it's nice to be able to come with it. And, and it was it was interesting being in a secular world, you know knowing, having your faith, and being firm in your faith and the way that you would approach these stories. and you know you'd have these meetings and you know the majority of the people are over here, you're over here and there might be one or two people, most of the people who are over here with you, won't say anything and they didn't throughout they, you know, because you're nervous because people lose their jobs or they don't move up or whatever because people know where they stand. Mm. And, and it was, and that was kind of, I, I and, and for me, it was always like, I'm going to say the thing that I believe because it's going to affect the way they attack the story. They no longer can just come at the story. Um, oh, yeah. With, and go, this is, the, this is our point of view because I'm going to question it and I'm going to make them defend it in the meeting. And they go, okay, we can't just say that. Because there's people that think differently or Brian's going to harass us. About it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, I kind of miss that aspect of it because I do think you need Christians out in the world um, I'm fighting the fight there as well. But I going to be honest with you, I really enjoy what I do and having the freedom to just do it from one one perspective alone
0: sure now let me ask this question of you megan because you're uh, a little different in the news that you report though you have done some great religion stories as you mentioned there uh one that just came out earlier this week uh about well briefly summarize that story um so i don't mess it up but the (laughs) uh the uh different evangelical leaders who have given a platform to francis collins director of the national institute of health uh give us the gist of that story
3: Right, so I mean, essentially the gist of that story is that uh, National Institutes of Health director, Francis Collins, if you don't know his name, you know somebody who works right under him, Anthony Fauci. So he leveraged a lot of very elite establishment friendships he had in the evangelical world to come in and use their platforms to sort of push uh, some debatable COVID policy and some things that were outright misinformation like the idea that the lab leak theory was conspiracy we now know that not only is it not conspiracy it is the likely explanation for where COVID Mm. came from it's not 100 but it's likely so uh he leveraged those relationships to be sort of i i don't think it's going too far out on a limb to say the sole source of sound information for all of these ministries and churches and he was very specific saying i'm exhorting you pastors to Convince your people to get vaccinated, to teach them that wearing masks is how you love your neighbor, how you show your love for Jesus, um, not to meet. I mean, he was pretty even uh, sneering at churches that were choosing to meet sooner than he thought. Right.
0: Stay home, don't go to church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And
3: then you dig into Francis Collins' background, and you frankly find that this is not a man that any Christian ministry or church should be looking to um, as a source of good information. So, He is very pro uh, stem cell research, fetal tissue research. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to argue someone with that position is pro-life. He's funded in his role at the NIH some pretty appalling um, research and experimentation at the University of Pittsburgh that involves harvesting Mm -hmm. organs from full-term babies, grafting. I I don't know how graphic you want me to be, but grafting infant scalps onto lab rats, Um, he declares himself an LGBT ally and advocate and has funneled money into trans research on minors that included giving opposite sex hormones to children as young as 8, mastectomies to girls as young as 13, Um, and you know I've heard some pushback of people going well maybe he didn't specifically know that was going on, I go I don't know every element of what he knew but I know that his public statements at least align with that ideology. So when you start to look at that you go i I can't understand for the life of me why churches and ministers would think that this is a good person to rely on for information
0: and it was guys like russell moore ed stetzer tim keller uh rick warren all of these guys were platforming francis collins who's pushing the covid narrative that we've been hearing for the last two years same stuff you hear from anthony fauci was coming from francis collins
3: exactly i mean and and to be super blunt about it rick warren just straight out presented him and said, this is a man of integrity, a man you can trust. And that is how he was presented to their audiences. So it wasn't like, here's a perspective you might consider. Let's hear him out and we'll weigh and sift through the information. It was not that. It was, this is a man of integrity, a man you can trust. Let's listen to him about what we should do. Again, when you start to look at the source of that information, you go, this is not a man of integrity. (laughs) He's certainly not pro-life. Yeah.
0: Now, that um, yeah. that really brings us back to the question that we started with. So this gal from New York who has emailed us has said that she she doesn't even know who to trust anymore when it comes to uh, looking for the kind of news that uh, is going to give us you know the information we need. We know the facts of what's going on in the world. But when it comes to many of the evangelical leaders that are out there, you can't even trust what they're putting in front of you when they're bringing and platforming a guy like, uh, and uh, like, uh, well, I was going to say Anthony Fauci, but Francis Collins. So let's let's talk about let's pick apart her uh, question a little bit. So first of all, she says, as a Christian, am I responsible to know what's happening in current events? Do we have a responsibility as Christians to know what's going on in the world? What would be your opinions about that?
3: What is your opinion about
2: that? <laughs> 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 I, I didn't know questions beforehand at all. So just <laughs> I didn't know questions you oh.
3: <laughs> To a certain extent, um, you know, I wouldn't be legalistic about it. I look, there we're all in different stages of life, we have different responsibilities, we have different tasks set for us. So look, if you're someone who's a busy mom of five children, I don't necessarily say, yes, you must be up on
4: everything.
3: <laughs> no, you know, you're busy. But I do think this that I go, look, we're to be as wise as serpents innocent as doves and it's hard yeah. to be wise as serpents if you're not sifting through this information to some degree and also just in terms of you know guiding public policy and being a good citizen you need to know enough to make those kind of informed decisions mm-hmm. um you need to know you know who, who am i empowering here right, <laughs> on the local school board what kind of books are they putting in front of the children just things like that so to the mm. extent that you know you know this information so that you're able to be a force for light and be salt in the world i think you know don't you don't need to overdo it you don't need to make it your whole life like some of us do <laughs> but i i do think there's a certain responsibility there to to be that wise as serpents
2: yeah and, and you know you got you have to be careful about making it your idol i know you guys uh, mm-hmm. you know people talk about that as well and i know so what happens when you do that is you get so involved with it that you you spend all your 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 Time looking, thinking, fighting with people about it, and so on and so forth. That's personal. (laughs) 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 That's part of your job, as long as we separate the times. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I do think that. But I do think it's wise to keep up with it, and and especially I think too um, on an area you, you didn't really talk about was is if you have children, right, and your children are consuming this information, these these stories, and they're hearing bits and pieces and. Uh, and now in this day and age, they're hearing a lot of bits and pieces that they didn't used to talk about and uh-huh. a lot that's been forced down their throat. And if you don't understand sometimes, I think, what's happening in the world, uh, you're like, oh, I have no idea, idea about that. And I don't know how to talk about that. Or, you know what I mean? And I think it, it helps you to to prepare if you know what's going on to prepare for those questions. Um, so I think it's, I think it's wise. I, I don't think it's wise to spend too much time doing it, but I do think yeah. it's wise to keep up.
0: Well, yeah, you can get really discouraged, and then you become a worrier. Like you just mm. become anxious about everything when you're yeah. just listening to the news constantly. And I've had to—I mean, as a pastor, I've had to counsel somebody on that. I think you're watching the news too much.
1: <laughs> well, they do those cliffhangers of you know, like this is breaking news, and then you know, stay tuned for more. Right, you so, don't like, get the
0: resolution from any I, of that. I need, yeah. I
1: need the the whole story. Like, just sum it up for me. You know. <laughs> Yeah, like those kind yeah. of stories I'm good but but when it's a cliffhanger, I'm like, ah, I can't, just don't leave me here. <laughs>
3: He well, used to be the master at writing the cliffhangers.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't you know what's funny though, is I don't like those. I like I feel guilty doing it. And a lot of times the story like the back half of the story is boring and dumb, and you're like, I sat around for that. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: Well, news news is a business, and if it they is. can keep you in fear and clamoring for more, then you come back and watch the stories the next day, but they never give you a resolution of the stories the day before. It's just more things to be afraid of. Mm. So yeah. when
3: it I I love their tagline addresses so what's great about their news program is they end it every day
2: with what did you're Well uh whatever the remember whatever the news the purpose of the lord will stand yes that's yes. great yeah yeah ML. and I, I love that and that's that's really that really helps do that. and i especially think you know if you look over these last couple of years you know I, I saw people respond to this covid stuff like people close people that i've known my whole life they responded in a in in and, and I understand it was scary, but in such a fearful way that it just it caught me off guard. And I think that part of that was that what they were consuming, how much they were consuming, yeah. what they were being told about it. Mm, and I just yeah. and, I, and and I and I see that and that and it, it's so easy to let that just affect you um, in, in so many ways negatively. And so I just so yes, I still say. Keep up with it, but don't don't drown
0: yourself in it. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the word of Christ in Matthew 6. Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. We are to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the things that we need will be added as well. So think about the last part then of that question where she says, when it comes to listening to the news, how do I know whom to trust? How can we look for those sources that are trustworthy and believe what they say?
3: Uh, Well, you know, it's funny. Just today, I felt I had a little illustration. Before I knew I was getting this question of that, Um, I mean, I can give you an example that, and hopefully it's not too self-serving, but one of the things I did with this Francis Collins story, I was very careful to document everything and link to everything so Mm. that you can research it yourself. You can Mm. take a look at that very specific about the quotes, what people said, when they said it, the context of what they said it. And then um, I saw an essay out this morning from the New York Times from David Brooks, and I know what story
0: you're be, talking about. Yeah. Yes,
3: it was. Uh, I, I can't remember the title. It was something about the dissenters trying to save evangelicalism from itself.
0: It's behind a paywall now. It's a, you could read yeah. it for free at first, but yeah, now you can't. You have to be Don't a, pay for it. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but. I happen to know some of the inside details of a situation that was in that story. I, I knew exactly what happened And one of the examples that he gave. And it was a very vague example. He sort of said, young reporters were not able to pitch stories to Trumpist editors. Well, if you notice, no names of reporters, no names of editors, yeah. no description of the story. Hmm. It was this very generalized idea. And I go, I don't know what anyone said. I what, what do you define as Trumpist? So one of the things that I would look for as far as the hallmark of good reporting is look for hard details. If they're not there, wonder
1: why they're not
0: there. Ah, uh, yes. Mm, yeah. yeah. Going so, back
1: to the old school who, what, when, where, why, and yeah. how. Yes. The, basics. <laughs> the
0: basic questions. The basics. That's right. Yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> Don't forget those. <laughs> those are the building blocks.
0: Yeah. It's even, you know, your sports disciplines go back to the basics. Yep. Yeah.
1: Sure. <laughs> i didn't If you look
3: at you know publications with a good record who cover stories i i also tend to um if, if you're familiar with Molly hemingway she's now the editor of the Federalist i saw and, that yeah uh, we were we did a journalism fellowship many years ago um at the beginning of our careers um i, I went a different way i, I kind of did the stay-at-home thing and uh but it was fun to watch molly rise and you know you see her everywhere now but i felt like i learned something from from just watching her, which was what I tend to term, um, well, now hang on a minute, journalism. So when the whole world <laughs> was like, no, that's conspiracy theory or that couldn't happen, Molly would go, well, now hang on a minute, could there be something to this? Or is there another angle on this that we haven't considered? Hmm. And that's part of why I, I started consuming the Federalist a lot when I wanted to know, okay, what's the other perspective on this story? I would go to an outlet where i knew that there was someone who wasn't just going to go along with the herd that if everybody who's respectable says that this is you know not possible i'm like if she says it too then i trust her because she will think about it for a minute before she just agrees to so as not to be embarrassed with a respectable crowd
2: yeah and and i would say whatever you're watching reading uh listening to that uh, one, don't just listen to one <laughs> because sometimes people get it wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And that, um, that, that, you know, they always say when the, when you're listening to the pastor, okay, listen to the pastor and then go look in your Bible to make sure that it is true. Right. Right. Um, I think that is being good. Uh, Bereans. good advice, not, what's that
0: being good. Bereans like in act yeah, chapter yes. 17. Right.
2: Yes, yes, exactly. And so I would say the same of your news. Right. So even if, like I trust world, uh, uh, quite a bit, uh, uh, whether it's World watch or the world and everything in it, or digital our digital outlet as well. Um, I think all of those have been I- exceptional a lot of the times. but again, if I saw it there, I would still look in several other places just just because I, I, you want to see what do you want to see? you got a full picture of what happened uh, of the idea and that you' that you're not missing elements or somebody's not getting something wrong.
4: Mm. Mm.
3: And that actually brings up one other little more detail that I would say you know, check for those sort of journalistic ethics. If, if changes are made, they should be noted. Okay. Uh, if you see that a, cha- a, a story that has changed and they got it wrong. Cause we do, we sometimes get things wrong. We all make mistakes. If you're not willing to acknowledge if that's a news outlet or a journalist or a media person who isn't willing to say, oops, I made a mistake there. And instead, they just ignore it or sweep it under the rug. That, that's, that's, you know, it's not an outlet that you're going to put a lot of faith in. Yeah, <laughs> true. Not that I'm speaking of anything specific. Yeah,
0: so so I will get specific. So when the gospel, <laughs> when the gospel coalition changes a story, but they don't acknowledge the change or even apologize for the error <laughs> that they made. Yes, I'm calling you out, TGC. <laughs> <laughs> then there's probably a reason to question their ethics and what it is that they're doing in their reporting.
3: Well, and I have to say, it's been, uh, sadly, pretty rampant in Christian journalism. I mean, in that Francis Collins story, I noted that Ed Stetzer, as an editor of Christianity Today, had a story where he labeled that lab leak theory a conspiracy theory. Oh, yes. Mm. Right. We've heard the it from all of them. Yeah. it, it story uh, disappeared. It yeah. just disappeared. took it off, and it wow. went away, and it disappeared. And Oof. it was fortunately cached by the Wayback Machine, so I was still able to get access to it. But I'm like, that's not how you do it. You don't just make articles disappear.
0: That is how Ed Stetzer does it. (laughs) I mean, you see that he only keeps 70 tweets or something like that on at a time. So, yeah. Uh, Anyway. All right, well, I'm not going to rant on that. No,
2: please yeah. I, I almost went there with you. Oh, no, 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 I not.
0: Now, Megan, uh, you mentioned something about being a stay-at-home mom. So mm-hmm. your, your dynamic together, Brian, you go to work, and Megan, you stay home and cover those stories? Is that kind of how it works in the Basham home?
3: Yeah, he always jokes because he's like, if people saw how you work, like I'm in my pajamas in bed, <laughs> my laptop on my lap. So it's not a real, like, you know, power force type of thing happening
2: we Um, always laugh because we so for my business we move around the country all the time we always move in houses and she's we get so excited about moving to new place and i'm like yes the bedroom looks different and different (laughs) 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 different
1: i understand uh,
3: yeah so he typically works from home now in the morning and that's been a weird transition for me since he Started um at World Watch because before he went to the news station in the morning, and I had the house to myself. And now it's a little like, "Huh, you're still here, huh?" <laughs> <are>
0: yeah, you, <laughs> you gotta
3: go to work. <laughs> so yeah, so we kind of split the house in the mornings, and then he goes to the studio in the afternoon to film, and I'll do you know pick up kid, pick up kid, drop off that sort of thing.
0: Now both of you could probably respond to this, uh Megan. Th- th- the religion stories that you do—that's kind of like they let you do that at the daily wire (laughs) but they're
3: yeah i I mean i i asked before i was hired there they said you know we're hiring you you have a entertainment background a culture background and i said i you know i'm very interested in still covering those things but i am dying to cover some of your
0: stories
3: (laughs) will i have leeway to do that and they said yes so i'm like all right then then i can take this
0: (laughs) so being somebody that is more Uh, your your experience is more in the realm of covering entertainment, like movies and television and things. Mm -hmm. So even when it comes to us as Christians, knowing what are the right news outlets that we should be listening to, how about when it comes to entertainment? How do we know what kind of entertainment is good for us as Christians and what kind of stuff we should really kind of stay away from? (laughs)
3: <laughs> right, i mean that I, brian's I've been giving a her a look this, here know. i've been doing that question for 20 years and i still have sort of a very fuzzy answer which is look it's one of the where the line is for you is you know that's you and the holy Spirit. there are certain lines that i go all right game of thrones
4: no you know yeah that's right yeah
3: but other lines you go i, I don't know with that's the, that's what are the nudgings of the holy spirit there for you um, what are the lines, you know, is it hearing a bad word? Is it, you know, some things I tend to be very hawkish on sexual content and I have a long shortish feel on why that is. Whereas I'm not as hawkish on violent, content. violence, it doesn't right. bother me as much. And yeah. Part of that is, is I don't watch a gunfight and feel inspired to go participate in a gunfight. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't inspire, you know, sin within my heart the same way that a sex scene might. So that's kind of how I weigh that, is how is that inspiring sin in you? Mm. Um, and so part of my work in doing that is I, and I don't do it as much now at Daily Wire, did it a lot more at World, but you would watch these things and go, also, what what are the themes here? Are these themes that are reflecting deep eternal truth, or are they undermining that? Because what would be interesting is sometimes you would have secular entertainment that would still highlight real biblical truth in a surprising way. Um, and to give you one example, the PBS, uh, maybe it was BBC series Broadchurch from the UK. I watched that and I went, it was fascinating to me how that series ha- brought out some really biblical ideas and I don't know if they did it on purpose or not. Hmm. Um, so I like, I enjoy sort of sifting through that kind of entertainment. And on the other side, when it's really bad, I'll save you, you know, then I'm just, I'm saving you a buck, right? I'm <laughs> like, it's terrible.
0: Now, Brian, what was with the look that you gave uh, when when that question was first asked?
2: <laughs> oh no! Just so so over the course of her so so you have people who 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 read her reviews, but there's people that have different feelings about what people as a Christian should watch or not watch. Okay, and and, and you literally could pick any movie. Maybe at a hundred people, ninety nine people say there's nothing wrong, there's nothing to see mm-hmm. here, there's nothing. I mean, not nothing to see. Like there's nothing bad. It should be totally fine, and there'll be the one person who's like. I can't believe you're covering this. This is yes. evil, and it's it's like what's what's the movie with all the with all the toys? This toy story? toy story. Yeah, toy, like toy you story don't know story story, story, Toy Story, Brian? Come on! I, know, I, <laughs> I thought I was coming. I thought I was. I was like, I, I knew the toy part, but I wasn't positive it was Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, there, there's nothing there. Like at least I, I can't think back. I, Actually, I,
3: there was. It turned out in the last one, and I missed it when I reviewed it. The most recent Toy Story, I'm like, I really enjoyed the the idea of Forky. If you he didn't
4: watch this,
0: yeah, right, yeah.
3: yeah. (laughs) Remember Forky? That you are what your creator tells you you are. You're not trash because you feel like trash. Your creator says you're this, so you're this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed that theme. I totally missed that. Um, And you know, that's a whole other story, but. Glad and some other LGBT organizations have hands deep into some of these studios. Oh yeah. I missed the two moms at the front and I got ah. letters. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, and it was completely unintentional. I don't know if I blinked at that moment and I just missed it. So, yeah.
2: But that's, but that's it. So, so it didn't matter what she's going to write about. She's going to get lit up so, <laughs> or how she covers it or what she says, you know? And, and, um, and so that's why, so that's why it's been a struggle. And, and, she, and, and that's the ultimate question that she's been asked year after year after year, year is yeah. either why do you do this, uh, <laughs> how could you do this, <laughs> or why did you cover this movie or, or TV show or whatever. And, and it's a legitimate question in all honesty. It is. No, it is. Yeah. It's, yeah. But it's just hard to answer, you know, how do you answer it exactly.
0: I think the majority of those questions we get to the program are really like, is this sin? Is this not sin? It's a a lot of Christian liberty sorts of things. You answer it. Yeah. I'm actually pretty rigid on we don't talk about our entertainment choices. So even with our, even with TV and movies, uh, with music, if you want to have a private chat about it, like like you yourself might feel uh, convicted over what you're watching or listening to. Then we can talk about, you know, if you're feeling convicted, there's probably something there. You might need to think about cutting that out. Right. Uh, but we don't want I don't want to lead anybody astray, especially my position as a pastor. So I don't even wear brand names or any sort of clothing like that. Uh, mm-hmm. because And that's a personal conviction. That's not going to be a thing that I recommend that everybody do. Uh, but uh, you'll certainly hear me say that a movie or a TV show is stupid and you should never ever watch it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so you will give a thumbs down. Yes, yes. definitely.
0: Something out, yes. Yes. But I don't I don't recommend things because like you said, Megan, there could be ninety-nine people that love it, that mm-hmm. one person who disagrees, and am I causing that one person to stumble? Over something that in their conscience, they've been convinced is wrong. So it's just better. Those things are so subjective. It's just better not to make a platform out of that at all. For me, anyway.
1: Some people can tolerate the swearing. Some people can't. Some people can tolerate um, smoking. Some people, you know, they're like, oh, I want a cigarette now. And oh, I hadn't even thought of that. Yet. You know, and then there, like, we talked about a couple weeks ago that my friend, um, when she watches and uh, reads, like, the romance novels, like um, Pride and Prejudice and stuff like that, or, like, the Hallmark movies. Where Is Pride and
0: Prejudice a romance novel? Yes. I wouldn't considered. think of that as a romance.
2: How <laughs> <laughs> dare you ask
1: that? I just, you okay, phone, moving you know? on, because I'm not getting on that
0: one. <laughs> I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking but, of romance novels as, like... Yeah, the, the so, smut. So like That's a-
1: <laughs> so, no 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 like like PG romance
0: Okay, that all is, right. okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, but like uh, Hallmark and stuff like that. That makes her have higher expectations of her husband that he's not able to make to meet. And so there's there. I mean, it just depends on what your struggle is with, and then you shouldn't put that in front of you. You know, uh, ask yeah. friends and yeah. Just...
3: I have brought that up in talks before about Corinne. When I went, for me, and a man would never see this as a temptation, but those romantic comedies where they have these fabulous jobs with beautiful homes and exotic places oh, yes. and beautiful clothes, I go, it would yes. create like a discontent and i went you would not think of that type of movie yeah being mm-hmm. a temptation but I, like it it made me feel discontent with my life and i'm like so those are ones i have to watch
0: yeah but you can watch a swiffer commercial and feel that way i mean you oh have yeah. That,
1: yeah
0: the happy mom using her mop and like man i need that mop. Uh,
1: yeah <laughs> just needed my life put together that way so i could get out the swiffer yeah
0: <laughs> Well, Brian and Megan, I sure appreciate you taking some time out today and being willing to visit with us and helping us even think through some of these news choices and entertainment choices. Brian is known on World Watch News as the Big Bash. Does uh, Megan ever get called the Little Bash?
2: No, I, I mean, uh, and she does far more bashing than I
0: than I ever do. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much. And we pray for you both. We thank you for the work that you do as Christians in this realm. We know Mm -hmm. that it must be really difficult and all the kinds of challenges that you have to face. But I sure appreciate you helping us think through these things, how we think as Christians in the world. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Let's finish up with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for Brian and Megan and the work that they are doing in the news and helping us to think about these things as Christians. Give us the mind of Christ, as we read about in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and in Philippians 2. And there in Philippians 2, it says that we are to shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life. So we think with Christ-mindedness, and we are also holding out the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world so that they may know it is only in Christ. That we are forgiven our sins, we have fellowship with God, and the promise of eternal life in a perfect kingdom that is to come. Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins, rose again from the grave so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. It is through the glorious good news of the gospel that we look at the world and interact with the world as Christians. Help us to do this wisely. Uh, wise as serpents and innocent as doves, as Megan had said earlier in the interview. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your goodness toward us every day. And may we live for you each day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: This is When We Understand the Text with Pastor Gabe Hughes. There are lots of great Bible teaching programs on the web, and we thank you for selecting ours. But this is no replacement for regular fellowship with a church family. Find a good gospel-teaching Christ-centered church to worship with this weekend and join us again Monday for more Bible study when we understand the text.